Having a niche within the interior design industry that you're super passionate about can really set you apart from the competition. Today, we talk with Amy Walden and find out how she followed her passion for well-being and sustainability and now specialises in holistic interior design. Welcome to the Hubcast, brought to you by the Interior Designers Hub, where we help and support interior designers to get trained, get into the industry and to grow wildly successful businesses. If you want to work in the field you love, create the lifestyle you desire and make the money you truly deserve, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Kate Hatherall. Let's get into it. I am so excited to welcome our guest today, who is Amy Walden. Hi there, Amy. Good afternoon. Hi, Kate. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. Thanks so much for agreeing to come on Hubcast today. We're really excited and looking forward to finding out about your journey into interior design. So tell us a little bit about what you do now. You run your own business, is that right? Yes, I run Thrive by Design Limited, um, which became that, I suppose, uh, at Christmas last year. Um, So I'm currently working as a holistic interior designer, having trained in holistic interior design last year. Um, And I also focus on sustainability and I'm partway through training um, with sustainable interiors as well. So really sort of focusing on that, um, not only the aspect of sort of what materials we're using, but um, and looking at the the wider aspects of uh, well-being um, and how sustainability affects that. So you're looking at sort of as well um, economic reasons, so sort of energy saving and that kind of thing, and obviously buying things to last as opposed to sort of buying for trends, um, but also that well-being of that person as well. So we're looking at um, uh, ethics um, and and finding things that have been ethically made, um, but also uh, things that are going to improve your own well-being so so thinking about the wider environment that you live in okay and so for people that haven't heard about holistic interior design before is that kind of the idea of it is that you draw in all sorts of different things into creating the interior that's right you're thinking about um creating a healthy happy home as well so as well as it being very very bespoke you're looking at using things like color psychology and environmental psychology to really get get to know your customer and really kind of design something that's perfect for them. So it's not about me imposing my style or creating something kind of utterly worthy. If they want high end and a beautiful look, Instagram house, then that's what they can get. But it's just thinking about all of those different aspects of sustainability and well-being and how their spaces can actually affect their health and well-being. So it's looking at things like toxins and and pollutants as well um, and air quality within your home. So just really kind of base important things that we need to be thinking about Um, and then layering up sort of multi-sensory environments um, really tailored to those individuals and what they're going to be doing in those spaces. Oh, that's that's fascinating. And how did you get into that as a niche? Um, I mean, it's it's something that obviously there's a lot of interest in sustainability, particularly at the moment over the last few years, that's been gathering speed. But the whole kind of holistic design, what, what attracted you to that niche? I think it was during lockdown, really. Um, I was working sort of um, with interior products and and developing, um, as you can see, sort of leather screens um, and other products. Um, And then sort of did a bit of a foray into plastics. And and then during lockdown, I sort of, I thought, I don't know if this is quite what I should be doing. I don't know if it quite felt right. 
So I did a bit of research and hadn't really heard about holistic interiors before um, and just really loved the concept of it. And I thought this this kind of feels like it really represents my values. And this feels like something I can actually feel really strongly about. Um, and so I sort of signed up and, and started um, doing an advanced diploma. And the things I learned, I just felt like I just need to go and tell people about these things, you know, and I just found myself running around the house, changing things as I was learning about them, thinking, oh, I can't believe I'm doing this. And, you know, it was just there's so many things I just found fascinating. So I feel like I'm on a mission to to bring it to more people. <laughs> Amazing. Absolutely. And is um, sort of, you know, sustainability and these issues, is that something that you've long been passionate about or is it something that you've discovered, you know, sort of during lockdown as you have more time to research things? Not really. I mean, I, I wanted to be an interior designer from the age of 15. Um, and my dad, who was an architect, sort of dissuaded me and said, no, no, you know, be an architect and do the whole whole job. Um, and it wasn't really, you know, back in the sort of early 90s, quite the career move it, it is now. Um, so I actually went into industrial design and sort of studied products. Um, and I think then uh, my design philosophy was always kind of to, to do good um, and to sort of look at, you know, more the broader picture of where things come from um, and how they're sourced. Um, and I actually worked with um, Oxfam Trading in El Salvador to do my major project wow. um, and worked with the craftspeople out there. So, you know, it was kind of looking really at what design can do to help you know, from people who are having that product in their homes to the people making the product and that whole kind of journey of um, the product manufacture um, and sourcing and making sure it's ethical. So I kind of always had that in me and I felt like I hadn't really got the opportunity to necessarily express it. Um, And sometimes when you're sort of learning interior design, you can be so kind of sucked in by all the kind of lovely, beautiful things that there are to buy. and, And it's really tempting to kind of just you know, think visually about um, putting a scheme together. But when you're actually kind of digging down into kind of actually, let's look at this supplier, how ethical are they? How sustainable are they sourcing the materials? How sustainable are the um, people actually making that product? Um, And how ethically are they being treated? Then it's it's like an extra sort of several layers that you have to do to, to get the right product then for your scheme. So it does take a lot longer and there's a lot more thought involved. Um, But it kind of, just feels better I think at the end yeah absolutely what an amazing experience as well being able to go abroad and to see you know in practice and get kind of hands-on with you know the making process as well exactly yeah I'd never been on a plane before either so that was quite (laughs) at the age of 21 it was quite intimidating flying to El Salvador (laughs) yeah quite a brave thing to do I imagine yes (laughs) And so, um, so product design then was kind of the thing that started your journey into the world of design. So at what point did that then transition into interior design? Um, well, I, I started off my career as actually a design engineer. Um, and then sort of over the first sort of year or so, realised that actually that wasn't really my passion. Um, and I ended up working um, as a designer and, and brand manager for um, a natural flooring company. So I did all this sort of the design work um, and that then moved into um, looking at retail spaces and exhibition spaces. And I did the designs for those. Um, We did a big flagship London um, uh, Kings Road store project, which was amazing. Um, And doing all the sort of styling for that was just so much fun. Um, And things like, yeah, shop in shop concessions for things like uh, Phoenix um, and sort of slowly slowly kind of just thought actually this is this is really nice and and you know just doing styling for photography and that kind of thing 
Um, but it was kind of a bit further down the route when I, I studied and I think it was 2009 for the professional interior design diploma and just thought, right, I'm going to finally do this because it's something that's like, you know, the itch that, that you kind of needed to scratch and just find out whether this is something I really would enjoy doing. Um, and so it sort of came from there, really. Amazing. Um, but again, it was kind of a bit of a sideline. So I was sort of working with like a, a small amount of just private clients and only really um, during lockdown finally thought this is this is it I'm, I'm finally going to sort of launch my business and and do this sort of full time so yeah it's, it's taken this so long. it was during lockdown that you launched which some people may may think yeah. what a crazy thing to do um, but actually <laughs> interior design was very busy during that period exactly everyone was sick to death of that <laughs> they were, <laughs> they they were yeah. was trying to do homeschooling and working from yep. home it was just chaos I'm sure everyone else found the same thing and I think so many people either were living with people that they didn't want to live with um, <laughs> they were living in homes they didn't want to live in they were just yeah really having that opportunity to just take a break actually and just think right let's have a look at, at this home and how it's not working for us um, and a lot of people I think just thought oh, well as soon as this is all over I'm going to move house um, and not really thinking that there was a solution to help them with that. Um, and I think that sort of helping people thrive and sleep better, work better from home, um, you know, manage family life without too many disagreements along the way. I mean, just, you know, it sounds like bliss on one hand, but it should just be something everyone can manage. And, and it just happens naturally. And I guess as well, that whole... Um mental health focus as well that you know really became prominent during that period of time as well and you know if you remember years back talking about mental health was something to be kind of ashamed about and something that you perhaps push under the carpet whereas now everybody's talking about mental health thankfully um and you know the way that interior design can support that as well um i guess dovetails beautifully with your niche exactly and i think designing for inclusivity as well um i mean i'm particularly light sensitive, for example. Um, so I am really affected by a lot of interiors where the, you know, things like exposed light bulbs drive me insane. I, I just, you know, can't, can't cope with them at all. Um, but just enabling people to be able to share a room, do different tasks maybe, but to be able to kind of have that space tailored to, have, to what they need at that moment, um, I think is so important. Um, and for everyone to be able to kind of coexist together. So you know, balancing everyone's preferences and, and design styles and just getting something that feels feels like home, feels like them. It doesn't feel like a show home or, or something that's you know, needs to be on Instagram. It's just somewhere they can just relax, you know, because that's so important. Absolutely. So when you were at this point where you'd um, done your studying and you were like, yes, this is what I'm going to do. This is the direction that I'm going to go in. Did you know that you wanted to run your own business at that point? Or did you think that maybe you would get some work as an interior designer working for another studio before you branched out on your own? Um, no, I, I didn't really contemplate working for someone else. I think I was working full time um, doing sort of uh, working for a company who did uh, furniture. So I was in, in the sort of product development um, camp. Um, but it it was just a nice to have. And I just thought this is what I really enjoy doing. And it was just a case of like, sort of going for it really. Um, but I didn't. Um, and things sort of moved on. And then I had my daughter and I was a bit of a stay at home mum. And it was kind of, I suppose, during that time, I kind of thought, actually, 
no, it feels like the right time to to do this. Amazing. Um, and just sort of have that confidence because I think a lot of it is confidence when you're starting and starting out from scratch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was going um, to ask you about that. You know, how did you find that experience of going out on your own? Did it take sort of a bit of a leap of faith to do it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, and sort of, you know, I think my uh, first client was kind of somebody I knew. So that made it a little bit easier. Although sometimes you don't know whether that's a good thing or not. Um, but yeah, thankfully it did. Um, and yeah, I, I think it is just getting your mindset right, I think. Um, and that, I think, I don't know, I think since being a mum, I've just felt like it, things, I'm a bit more go-gettery in a way. And I was, I was very confident sort of before being a mum, but it was, I don't know, just having that kind of, impact to say it's it's not about just me you know it's it's being a role model it's it's kind of having something for her to look up to it kind of gives you that confidence to think yeah I don't want her to to sort of see me sort of sitting and dithering and and not having the confidence to to follow my dreams um and so yeah I think I think she really amazing I love that being an inspiration for your daughter I mean that's just you know the ultimate sort of goal isn't it amazing um so when you then started to set up your business, did you know what you were doing? Were you quite happy with what you needed to do to get it working, to get clients coming in? Um, I mean, my background as well as design was marketing. So I kind of felt like I should yeah. know what I'm doing, really. Um, but sometimes when it's your own business and your own projects, um, it can be terribly subjective. And, and when you're working on your own, you've got no one to sort of second guess things with. And that that was quite hard because every time I've worked um, either in marketing or in design in different um, industry roles, you've always got a team around you. So, you know, you can have those great ideas and you've got that team going, yeah, brilliant. Let's just do this. You can allocate your huge budgets <laughs> and off you pop. Um, but when you've got zero budget or, you know, very little budget um, and you're second guessing everything you're doing, I think that that sort of slowed me up a little bit. Um, but yes, in essence, I, I've sort of created websites on my own. Um, I did a big intranet for my last company. So that side of things I could get going on. Um, and particularly during lockdown, there was an amazing plethora of training on everything you could think of from designing, you know, websites to, to sort of branding to, um, you know, newsletters and um, every tech sort of issue you might have. And so I've sort of, you know, got folders and folders now of, of interesting information um, that I still keep thinking, oh, and I need to do that as well. And, you know, I need to do this bit of training. And it's, it's you know, it's all consolidating itself. And I think, you know, you can only do what you can do. And sometimes it's a case of you don't know what you don't know until you're halfway into it. And then you realise actually, oh, I thought that one was going to be easy. And actually there's there's a lot more to sort of yeah, think absolutely. about. Absolutely. And in fact, running a business you know, uh, uh, people think that it's about the interior design, but actually a large part of it is about the business side of it, the marketing, you know, and all of those things. Um, And that's almost, you know, a completely different skill that you have to learn in addition to the design that you do as well. Yeah. And and just the business admin as well, isn't it? You you know, you can kind of, like you say, you you imagine that you're spending every day of of your week doing client work, but actually you'd, you'd get no more. So yeah and so, <laughs> it's all the back end stuff you don't see yeah isn't absolutely it? <laughs> and people you know people do think oh, I'm going to be spending all of my days creating wonderful concepts and creating samples boards and actually the reality is you know is quite different from that now that you are where you are and you've got a successful business that's running 
do you um, look back on kind of the journey that you've been through? And do you think that where you are now, that the experience is different to how you thought it was going to be at the beginning? Um, I don't think so. I, I wish I'd started sooner, being kind of more proactive about sort of getting, you know, getting myself sorted and, and out there and, and properly marketing myself rather than just kind of, you know, being a bit shy about it. Um, and I think you can always look back and think, oh, I wish I'd done things differently. But I think, in essence, I kind of have to be proud of myself of what I have achieved. And I think that's that's just the only way you can look at it, really. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of think, you know, on, on one aspect, I'm living the life. It's amazing. It's and so you're happy in what you're doing. It's fulfilling, exciting. Yeah. And you're yeah. pleased that you made the transition. Yeah. And, I, and I'm really glad that I kind of went down the niche of, of holistic interiors and sustainability. Um, I just feel that, yeah, we're, we're at the cusp. You know, I, I know a lot, I spoke to a lot of people, um, particularly when I was thinking about branding. Um, and everyone's like, oh, we, you know, in five, 10 years, everyone's going to be doing sustainability. You know, it's, it's the norm. So it's not going to be a special thing. And I thought, well, that would be lovely and it would be the dream. But I, I still don't know whether it will be. Um, and if I can sort of inspire more interior designers to go that way and more clients to to listen and think about things differently, then, you know, all the better. Amazing. Really. And I'm sure as well that, you know, you speaking with us today as well is going to, you know, help to promote that message as well, which is, you know, really important. Um, and, you know, holistic design is something that not everybody's heard of. And so this helps yeah. to, you know, yeah. um, spread the word about it as well amazing brilliant so, so um can I ask you where you got your first few clients from so how did you you know transition from having no clients into beginning to get a steady stream coming in um I think probably it's still word of mouth um and possibly um through my website um but I tend to work with sort of smaller amount of bigger clients so I'm, you know, currently working on a big six bedroom house. So I think the way that you work holistically, it doesn't suit itself to sort of one room, for example, it, it, because if you're looking at sort of particularly like things like toxins and pollutants, there's no point kind of getting one room perfect and the rest of the house not working. And also it's all about kind of looking at flow and, and how those rooms work together, how you've got a style that sort of themes through the house. Um, and so it kind of doesn't, lend itself really to, to lots of small projects so I kind of prefer the sort of big chunky projects um, <clears throat> which which obviously take longer but you can really involve yourself in every single level um, and sort of you know get really into the detail as well as kind of looking at that wow picture. Amazing and do you find that people um, seek you out because of your specialism? I don't think yet I think there's still a big education piece to do about what holistic design is so I, I don't think anyone's particularly looking me up because they're looking for a holistic interior designer so that's it's sort of a good thing and a bad thing I think people have heard of sustainability but I think there's still that big education piece to explain to people what it is and why they need it um, because I don't think um, people are sort of thinking necessarily about their health when they're looking at interior design and it's just putting those two things together and thinking, well, actually, you know, a perfect situation for you would be to tick all those boxes. 
you know, and thinking about comfort and acoustics and thermal comfort and lighting and, and how that makes you feel and how that can help you to thrive. So at the moment, I, I don't think that's what people are looking for. But that's my job to, to explain to them why they yeah, should absolutely. be. And I guess, you know, with every project you do, that's another client that's educated and every client has a network of people that they will be talking to about it as well. And the word spreads that way, doesn't it, as well? Amazing. Amy, thank you so much. That was absolutely fascinating um, to hear your journey from product design into interior design and also about the specialism that you have. So thank you so much for coming on today. Very welcome. Before you leave, would you be happy to play a game of designer this or that? Of course. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I do love all these people that are game for a laugh. All right. So we're going to have one minute on the clock and I'm going to be asking um, your opinion on each of these things. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. Here we go. Blinds or curtains? Oh. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to say curtains. Blinds or curtains? You're going to say curtains. Okay. Floral or plain? I love a floral. Art deco or pop art? Deco. Symmetrical or asymmetrical? Asymmetrical. Victorian or Edwardian? Edwardian. Geometric or botanical? Botanical, definitely. Spots or stripes? Uh, what? Maximalist or minimalist? Oh, I always aim for minimalist, but it never quite happens. <laughs> Changing rooms or interior design masters? Interior design masters. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the timer. Well done, Amy. You, um, you survived the minute this or that. Brilliant. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for um, coming on today, Amy. We really appreciate you giving up your time. Can you tell people how they can get in touch with you if they'd like to connect? So which area you operate in and how they can get in touch? So um, my website is uh, thrivebydesign.co.uk and I'm on Instagram as uh, thrivebydesign. Brilliant. Okay. well, hopefully people will head on over and connect with you there. Thanks so much again, Amy. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning into Hubcast by the Interior Designers Hub. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a screenshot and share it to Facebook, Instagram, or your favorite social media channel. Make sure to tag me in at Interior Designers Hub and let me know what you enjoyed about this episode. I reply to each and every comment. I'd also like to offer you an incredible free gift, which is going to show you the exact roadmap that you need to take to become a wildly successful interior designer. It shares our secrets to business success. If you'd like to get your hands on that, head on over to interiordesignershub.co.uk forward slash roadmap right now. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next time.